0: We are back. This is the flow track podcast. It's a Friday afternoon here in the United States. Thanks everybody for joining. I'm Kevin. He is Gordon, the email address flow track, podcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our YouTube channel, flow track podcast. This is the Brussels recap pod, AKA Gordon finally got something right and needed to tweet about it. Welcome everybody.
1: Hey, diamond league regular season is com officially complete. We now just have the Diamond League Finals, which will be um, next week. I guess, when are they? Uh, Yeah, yeah, next week. Next Next weekend. um, September 8th and 9th in Zurich, in Germany. Um, It's been a good regular season of elite running. We still have some continental tours, especially a bunch live on flow. We have like, what, four, five, five different continental tours live on flow. So that should be exciting. But... We're here to talk about what happened in Brussels, kind of finalizing the the fields for the Zurich finals. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of have, have a few takes on what we saw transpire and what the fields we're going to get now that everything is kind of buttoned up, ready to go for the final Diamond League.
0: Yeah, it looks like Wednesday, Thursday, two days in Zurich next week. The Wednesday session, some field events, and then they're doing that 5,000 on the – not on the normal track, and then the Thursday is just going to be a whole bunch of events because it's way more than a normal Diamond League because you're having to do both genders and all the Diamond League events. So it's going to be it's going to be action packed there on on Thursday. Yeah, why don't we start first with the with the two hundred, which was headlining this meet, even though it did not necessarily have the fastest woman in the world in Elaine Thompson-Herah. Still had a good field as we talked about in the preview show. You still had Christine Mboma, Sharika Jackson, Dean Asher-Smith, and of course, Sha'Carri Richardson. And as we expected, it came down to a battle between Mboma and Jackson, Gordon, with Mboma doing her patented final 100, final 75. Huge push at the end to to catch Jackson and win in 2184 to Jackson's 2195. Kind of went to form, uh, well, the form that you had. Credit to you for for getting that, that top... Uh, that, well, the top four, really, not just the top one, I was going to say, but for nailing this prediction.
1: Yeah. Watching Christine run is always an entertaining uh, venture. We, it goes way back when she had that viral 200-meter run where the <clears throat> most incredible kick we've ever seen in a 200. We didn't know that 200 meters have kicks. But watching every time <laughs> she runs, she's never in a lead after the first 100 meters, and she just kicks like a wild animal down that final stretch. And it makes you think that like she's always just chasing the peep, the 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 front runner at the hundred meter mark. And then that's basically all the effort she's gonna put to win. What I want to know is what happens when the person she's chasing is like much, much faster. Or I mean we kind of saw it potentially with Elaine Thompson in that Olympic final. Yeah, we saw that. She's she's now running consistently 21 eights, 21 nines. I wanna see her, be, I guess 21.8, she's run 21.8 one, two, three times in yep. like two month span or a month and a half span. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what will happen when she starts chasing even faster people and not being, just running for the win. Because right now, I, I don't know, I wanna know what her ceiling is. Like, what do you think her ceiling is? <laughs> She's now run 2181, 2184, and 2184. What do you think her ceiling could be?
0: I don't know. I don't know necessarily what her ceiling is, but she's getting good competition. Let's be clear. Yeah. Like when she was running 21-8, she was chasing she was chasing a 21-5 woman, and then she was running down Gabby Thomas in that race, who had run 21-6. In this race, she's going against Sarika Jackson, who's run really fast as well, too. She's competing in the right era. Not necessarily to win, but to employ this strategy to do the exact thing that you're talking about, where you have people that you're gunning for in that last, in that last hundred. The main thing is age and relative inexperience. She's so young; she's still new at this. I think the improvement is going to come less from having people to chase, although that seems to be a given, just with the, how good this era is, and more just the experience, and then. If we get another year where Thompson Hurrah is running like we know she's capable of, so she's putting the marker down at 215, then we're going to see. I just wonder if she can – can she minimize that gap, that first 100? You know who it reminds me of to a, to a certain extent is men's side of things, NCAA. Well, he went on to run the Olympics. Joseph Van who would dig himself into that huge, huge deficit and then just come storming back. The last hundred, not exact parallels here, but just the idea of hey, okay, you don't need to be the best starter of the group, but can you keep it close or closer so that way you can take advantage of the fact that your last hundred is just that much better than everybody else's.
1: Yeah, it's a good comparison. Seeing seeing what Joseph Fambule did for Florida, I think he would probably be back. Think he'll be back? He'll probably be back next year, right? Well, he's a sophomore. I don't think he's going pro yet. We'll see. No idea. I'm sure, Coach Holloway is going to make sure. Hopefully, he stays. He doesn't want to lose Grant and Fombulet in back-to-back seasons. That won't be too good. Uh, but I'm sure he'll. He probably has like ten other guys who are ready to step up, back on track to the women's 200. Um, Sharika Jackson. Yep. I thought that she would give more of a challenge to Christine in this race. I feel like she has more than what she ran here. She still ran well. Like she still ran 21.95. Like it's mm-hmm. no joke. Every time you break 22, it's a no joke race. But seeing the way she was running, you know, especially in the 400 and the 100, she's kind of, you know, we kind of compare her a little bit to Fred Curley. We're waiting for her to have, I mean, she already has had it. She's running 21 8 this season, but I feel like she has the ability to be able to throw down a 21 7 or 21 6. Maybe she's saving it for the Diamond League final, but I think because we didn't get to see her in the Olympic final because of her pulling yep. up in the semis, I'm just waiting for, sure. for Sharika to – yeah, first round. I'm just waiting for Sharika to have her, like, her big moment in running a fast 21, 7, 6, or 5.
0: Sure, sure. Well, 21, five's are rare. Let's not count on that sure. every, every race. But going back to your point about Mboma and needing someone to chase – Perhaps Jackson could have benefited for some, for, from a fast starter here to pull her out to give her an even bigger lead, and that wasn't there because yeah. we didn't have Thompson or, or even a quick starter like, like Frazier Price. It was a solid race for her. As you mentioned, sub-22, nothing to sneeze out there. Even Dean Asher-Smith, 22-0, based on the season that she's had, is a solid race. You're just going against the Olympic silver medalist in this case in Christina So You need a lot of things to go right. If you're, if you're going to get that, that win, or you need to be Elaine Thompson-Hurrah, who, who was not there. So I thought solid race for Jackson. She's been really consistent all year, both in the, in the two and the one, save for that one mess up at the, at the Olympics in the first round in the 200. So, yeah, I thought she would win. Tenth behind doesn't surprise me just based on how solid Mbomas looked this whole season, basically.
1: Yeah, and Dina Asher-Smith getting a slight season's best uh, improvement comes in third she's been dealing with the injuries she hasn't had the type of year she wanted coming off of 2019 but yeah. uh she's she's fit you're running 22 flat that's that should be good and i'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this later on i mean it'll be interesting to see what she does the rest of her season with only a few races left um but the mm. women's 200 is looking pretty thin um Last time I checked, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, based off of who actually is going to be in the the Diamond League two hundred meter final. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, this race was the second time the the first time we get to see Shakari Richardson on the track after some will say humiliating performance she had in Prefontaine. Um, It may be humiliating, but it also was very controversial. Everything from the post race, the pre race, to the performance. When Shakari Richardson runs track and field, people watch. People watched here. She gets fourth. I thought she would get fourth. I predicted she would get fourth. Um, but let's go through a little timeline for Shakari. So after she finished ninth and pre and had the crazy post-race interview, she did eventually tweet, the only way up from ninth. The only way from ninth is up. And uh, she kind of held on to that mantra. As if we kind of – on the start line, she put up nine fingers to say – Hey, mm-hmm. this is my new brand. The only way up is <laughs> ninth. Really what she was mm-hmm. showing was I'm going to finish fourth and giving you a high five at the same time. That's what she was doing. I was like fourth place, high five, right? So that's what she was really predicting, not Interesting. ninth from pre. Uh, she was all over her you know, Instagram doing a thing. After she finished ninth, she tweeted out feeling delicious, which I don't know what that means. That, the feeling Wait, was that today? Delicious.
0: This is today. Oh, I don't know. Was, How does it feel? De- How does one feel delicious? You skipped a key part on the timeline of today, which is those of us who listened to the Drake album, the release at midnight, Sha'Carri got name checked on the Drake album. So all that happened within this 24-hour span as well too. That's pretty big. First name basis now. That is true. I I woke up and she was trending on Twitter and I said, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh oh no. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? It was right there in that right column on Twitter. And then I clicked on it and it's just because Drake mentioned her in his album that went up at midnight last night. Um, We'll have to have Justin the foremost Drake fan of anybody in the track and field world. Come on and give an evaluation (laughs) of the, of the album. I just thought it was, it was just interesting. She's first name basis now because he said Shakari in the song. She's
1: in the same category now as Jay-Z, Jay-Z was in bo- on both the Kanye album and the Drake album, people were making a joke about that. And now Sha'Carri can be like, hey, I'm name dropped by Drake, but I'm also in Kanye promotional for headphones or mm-hmm. whatever, and that, go- that whole thing. Uh, who, who else can finish fourth in a Diamond League and at the same day be like in the relevancy of uh, Drake and Kanye? I mean, I knew she was gonna finish fourth, this tweet, someone tweeted this out. I don't know who did it, but someone who owns the flow Jeez. track Twitter password Stop. tweeted out uh, Gordon's prediction of finishing fourth. Um, but regardless of all the outside noise of her prefontaine, the, the ban, all this stuff. This is what we thought. You thought she'd get third or fourth. She went twenty-two forty-five, so she was very far away from the other elite athletes. What is your uh, kind of Read on Shikari as the athlete, the 200-meter, 100-meter runner. Now going forward, now that the Prefontaine race is is done, now her mm-hmm. next latest race is 22
0: five. Mm-hmm. Well, she did say the only way she has to go is up from ninth, which was true. Like This was a better race, objectively, than what happened at the, the Prefontaine Classic. I think we tend to lump the one and two together from
1: Um, Ooh, oh, did you think lose me? I think we lost you right there for a moment. you back though. Okay. Cold, we good.
0: Oh, we're back. Um, okay. Thank you. All right. I'll take, take two on that. I'll <laughs> take two on that one. Um, yeah. So she's always been stronger in the one than the two, as I mentioned before, I think we are looking at that gap that she had mid season and glossing over that. And it wasn't a planned gap in the mid in mid season. And it was two months off essentially. So I don't think we can read too much into what's happening in these post Olympic meets. Basically. I think she's going to come back next year. I think she's going to be fine. I think in the hundred, she's going to be better. This was not a disaster, but this was also not early season. She as well, but I also don't think early season. She just disappeared. All of a sudden, that's not, there's no reason to think that clearly there should be, you know, all the travel training, everything is not in line to where it was in the beginning of the season. Why would it be? I think if she had run, say she had switched places with Asher Smith, ran 22-0, right, and was a 10th back of Jackson, it wouldn't have got the publicity of, oh my gosh, she carries back, she got the win, but that would have been a huge result. As it stands now, 22 mid, not a great result, but again, she's out there still just competing, which I think at this point in the season is, is good enough because there's nothing she could do in this part of the season that would make up for not being able to run at the Olympics anyway. So healthy, move on. Maybe she runs another race or two in Europe. But to think that she's going to go away and she's not going to be a factor in in 2022 because of the Pre-Fontaine Classic and this Brussels Diamond League meet, like I know people like to pile on her, but that's, that's ridiculous. She'll be back next year. She may not be running 10 fives like Elaine Thompson, but she's not going to be getting last. She's not going to be running 22 highs and 200s next year. I think she'll be fine.
1: Do you think she'll be eyeing indoor and potentially try to like make a world indoor team and kind of, cause yeah. you know, the Jamaicans don't really, indoors. I, I don't know. The weeks, don't really focus much indoor on indoor. Right? They don't, they don't focus much on indoor. That could be an opportunity to kind of get your name back at the top of the, like, sure. you know, she could like post, Hey, I'm a world champion. And Jamaica's be like, there's no indoor Olympics. We'll meet you in <laughs> Eugene type
0: thing. You know, her, her, her strength. though is the second half of that that hundred. So I don't know if you could pencil her in for a, a gold medal in the, in the 60 either. All I know is everything that she's done this year is, has not gone to script. So when it was good, it was great. And when it was bad, it was not good. Right. There's never been just yeah. this steady Shakari performance. And I think that's tough to manage, especially when you've only been a pro for, for a couple of years. And especially when you're going against two all-time greats, which is what Thompson Hurrah and Frazier Price are. Right, and then you look at Mboma and Jackson, and okay, maybe they're not all time greats, but they're really, really good. Like having two sub twenty two people in a race. Like go back and look through the Diamond Leagues of years past. That's 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 hard to do. In many cases, Asher Smith's twenty two zero would have won Diamond League two hundred. So there's a lot here going on beyond just oh, yeah, she got confident and then and then lost. And I think clean slate twenty twenty two, she'll be fine.
1: I want to do a little mini rant here. Kind of goes back to my overarching view of the state of our sport in track and field. You know, a lot of athletes and fans were tweeting out, hey, make sure you keep track, pay attention to our sport when it's not the Olympics. You know, hey, just so you know, we also have Diamond Leagues or we also have World Championships. Uh, We'd love to see that energy then. And I think I now have visual proof that what World Athletics solution to making our sport relevant is not working their idea of keeping the sport relevant obviously is having an olympics having world championships and they do a great job at being very popular and all the athletes are all in to try to win world titles and olympic titles but the way they try to stay ourselves keep ourselves relevant is having a pro circuit aka the diamond league we have all these regular season diamond leagues we're going to have a diamond league final We're gonna crown a diamond league champion. We're gonna say the diamond league champion has a buy to the world championships. We're putting all of our eggs in the diamond league structure. So while administrators and world athletics governing bodies are presenting the diamond league as a very important thing, the athletes clearly do not see it that way. And if the athletes don't treat the diamond league like it's important, why should the fans? And the best way to visualize that the athletes do not give a shit about the Diamond League is when we look at the women's 200-meter Diamond League final. This has been the greatest uh, women's sprint era we've ever seen with the three Jamaicans, Sha'Carri doing her thing, Dina Asher-Smith coming off a world championship. You have, you know, Toulou. The Women's sprints is the best it can ever be. And this is who's going to be in the Diamond League 200-meter final. Tulu, Okay. That makes sense. Dean Asher Smith. That makes sense. Camboon. Kambun. Kambun uh, I should stop saying names. Munjinga the Kambunji. Ath- Kambunji, the Swiss athlete. Kambunji. I, yeah. I don't know. Jackson makes sense. But then we have someone, Beth Dobbin, Desiree Bryant, Patrice Masalingi. Here's a list of people who aren't in the Diamond League final. Travis, du- oh, you can see it here. Christine... Boma, the silver medalist, Sha'ne Miller Webo, one of an all-time great two hundred meter runners, Elaine Thompson, hurrah, the gold medalist, Blessing Okabari, she's cheating, so it doesn't count. Uh, Gabby Thomas, the the bronze medalist, Shelly Ann Fraser Price, Jenna Prandini, Shakari Richardson. I could go on and on and on. If these athletes cared about the Diamond League, the number one athlete, number two athlete, three, number three athlete, number four athlete, number. Show this graphic on the screen number six athlete, number seventh athlete, eight, nine, 11, 11, four. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight five, six, seven, eight. Eight of the top 10 athletes who did not try to make the Diamond League final. If 80% the, of your best the, athletes aren't trying to make your championship final, that means they don't care about it.
0: Well, hold on. I mean, it is just it is what it is. I mean, Thompson, Ara, and Fraser Price are going to run the 100. So they have they have reasoning, and Boma is oh,
1: that, no. They don't have sitting, re- no.
0: Hold on, no. Wait, hold on. They don't have
1: reasoning. That's not reasoning. Did did they say I mean, that? Did they say no to the two hundred at the Olympics because they were running the hundred?
0: Oh, well, this. Is, I mean, if we're going to compare it to that standard, then then that's fine. I'm just saying it's not like they disappeared here. So there's always going to be an event or two where this happens, where the bottom falls out by the end of the year. But Thompson, Iran, and Frederick Price are still running, and is next one in so if someone scratches she'll get bumped up. It's not like Richardson's not th- running or not trying to go. You, you mentioned Richardson. It's like she didn't qualify. That's why she's not there. She no,
1: that's not why. There was, mul- there was multiple opportunities for her to run a 200 and she chose not to do it. Like these well, she was suspended were, for.
0: She was suspended and then she, I mean, come on. Like let's not use Richardson only, no, as a oh, standard. No, 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 no. How many diamond, legs, How many Diamond Lake how, how like 200s was Sha'Carri
1: Richardson suspended from competing in? Right. None.
0: But what I'm, but what None. I'm saying is that's not, that's not the best standard to, to, to use when, when judging this event. I'm not saying it's star-studded no, by the any standard means. Is, but...
1: The standard is someone named – I spelled the name wrong in this graphic. Beth Dobbin, who's the 52nd hey. fastest 200-meter runner in the, in the world, finds a way to get in because all the best athletes are like, no, nah, I don't want to do the 200 in this city. I don't want to do the 200 in that city. I'm all focused on something else. And that results in ten, eight of the best ten athletes not in the final because those eight athletes did not prioritize running the Diamond League circuit. They didn't prioritize it because it's not important to them. They prioritize what, why running is this, their national is
0: this new is this new to you? Why, I don't get why is this new to no, you? No, it's not new to you. It's the, the, something the that athletes we keep from, skip. <laughs> we keep,
1: No, but I'm saying it's just why the, are we going to act like, like it's you, important if this happens? We shouldn't act like I mean, it's Marcel important.
0: Jacobs. Marcel Jacobs hasn't run since the Olympics. Fastest man in the world, yeah. right? And he, and he called it a day. I think that is probably a bigger issue than like Fraser Price and Thompson are still running but not running this one specific race. I think it's a combination of things. I think you're right on well, one hand. It's just they reason. don't... Yeah. But the, the, the prize money is not enough of an incentive, clearly. The buy is not enough of an incentive, especially if you're at a non... Like, if you're not in, from Jamaica, U.S., Kenya, Ethiopia, you know, a a country where you're going to put three superstars, you know, you could even say Great Britain in certain events. The buy is not enough of an incentive. The money, like I said, is not enough of an incentive. You throw in the fact that it's post-Olympics and then this is what you get. But you look at the 100, you look at the 400, it's obviously missing some names, but it's stronger. It's stronger. It's not as bad as this one. You're, you're, You're right. The bottom fell out or is falling out on this one. But if Mboma gets in, right? then you have at least two of the top – well, and with Asher Smith, if you're going to say that she's a she's top five 200-meter runner in the world, then you have three of the top five. Yeah, you're, you're missing the star power there with Thompson or Frazier Price. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you on that. All I'm saying is this just seems to be the standard because those incentives are not strong enough to get the athletes to compete yeah. all the time.
1: I just know this isn't a problem in tennis and it's not a problem in golf. They show up for their regular season. So I don't know. I just wanna But I'm saying it's just, you can't it's just frustrating.
0: Like, yeah. Thompson Hurrah and Frederick Price have shown up this year though. Again, may not be hundred percent attendance, but I think they've if you took the average or the expected amount of times that they would compete against each other, I think they've they've put it out there uh several times. Maybe not enough. Yeah, I mean because we 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 always want to see more. That's the problem. You you always want to see more. But let's just Let's just, let's just simplify this a bit. Are we going to see Warholm versus Benjamin in the four-meter hurdles? Let's not talk about top eight. Let's just talk about the, the matchups yeah. that we want to no. see. Are we, are we going to see Warholm? And, are we going to see Muhammad versus McLaughlin in no. the four-meter hurdles? Right. Nope. So. When we see Steve Gardner are the,
1: in the 400? No.
0: Right. Right. Are, we We're might see Grant see Holloway
1: sh- in the 110 hurdles? No. Right. We see Paul Chalimo in the 5K? No. We're going to see a and lot you,
0: bumped of Paul, you, you, you bumped Paul Chlimo way up there. That was just like <laughs> – Well, he said <laughs> we were We were like Warholm, McLaughlin, Holloway, yeah. and like Paul we Are we going to see him or not? What's up? I think Jakob's done for the year two, I think he said. So you're right in Jakob's of not the doing the Diamond League final? I don't, I don't think – well, I know he he pulled out of Brussels. I saw some article about how they were – him and Warholm were both pulling out of Brussels. Maybe he will do the Diamond League final I'll. I'll check on that to make sure. But I mean Safana Sans still running. Right? She's still running. But would any of would we blame her if she didn't run the Diamond League final? No, because she doesn't need it. She's the the, the prize money is not enough of an incentive. And again and she doesn't need need the buy. But my my point is aside from the eight who are gonna make this diamond league final. You can just look at okay what are the forget the top eight fields just who are the matchups we want to see. Right now, and we're not gonna get them in. Like, I would, would love to see Jacobs run again in the men's hundred, wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. And we have. And I know
1: up. we we would have saw Jacobs running against the best if we had a dime only if we if we only had basically the four major system. But you know, I've been talking about that forever. It's just like this idea that like, we're gonna create this diamond league circuit and there's this point system and people are gonna care about where they are ranked in the point system. If the athletes don't care, why are we mm-hmm. doing it? We're creating, a, mm-hmm. we're creating a, a system that no one cares about. Like basketball players care about if they're sixth, if they're top eight or not top eight because they wanna make the playoffs and they wanna win mm-hmm. NBA titles. That's why they have standings and everyone knows the standings matter. But in this situation, the Diamond League standings just don't matter because the best mm. athletes don't care where they fall. Like, oh, I'm not in, okay, whatever, you know? Mm. And it, it, well, it's just another track meet. It, but like, we need to stop making the Diamond League just another track meet. And in order to make it not another track meet, you need to find a way to make the being the best in the Diamond League equivalent to being a world
0: champion. And we're not doing that.
1: Well, because we- when is
0: the season over? So the Olympics, this is the diamond league because you're talking about regular season. Like what is it this year? It's a, it's a valid question. Well, Everybody I, I, would say the, I mean, the, the pinnacle is the, the pinnacle is the Olympics. Now we're into this weird all-star game section of, of the season. I mean, if you were like the track commissioner, right? I think what you, this would be the Gordon Mack plan. If I'm guessing, basically you, you take the Olympics. Well, I, I know this should probably be the Kevin plan, but I'm going to give this one to you for free because listen, you predicted that women's 200 third place finish when nobody thought you could. Now, no one would go for this plan. I'm just put that aside. But just say track had 100% collaboration amongst meet directors. The Gordon plan would be collect, pool all that money from all those post-Olympic diamond meets, put it into one meet, do it three weeks after the Olympics where you get every single person from the Olympic final essentially back to race again as a Diamond League final. That's what you would do.
1: No, I wouldn't do that. I would take Dang it. all the money and I put it into three meets. And one of the meets will be held in February, one of the meets will be held in April, and one of the That's meets like will a be fe- held February's in February's October.
0: over. That's too much money. I'm talking you don't have enough money to do that. No, it's that. not no. it's not too much money. My, my, se- it's my hypothetical. I'm drawing the line right there. You don't have that much money. You have a lot of money, but not that much money. Sorry. Why'd no no decide? no 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 no. The season starts
1: in February, in this season, uh, basically, you have, a, you have a major in February, a major in the spring, a major in the summer, which is the Olympics every four years, and when it's not the Olympics, it's the world championship, and then a major in early fall. And you tie it I know, but that's to re- the—
0: that, that's too, It's that's too much restructuring. You need to restructure. Not that's too much. Get rid of— No. No, it's not.
1: You have it's it. In, you happen. know where you do it. You do it in Tokyo in February. You tie it to the Tokyo Marathon. You do it in London in April, and you tie it to the London Marathon. You do it at whatever the circular rotation of wherever World Championships or Olympics in the summer, and then you do it in Berlin for the with the Berlin Marathon. Boom.
0: Yeah, but and that's, then you just go. Man, th- that's a that's a that's much too dr- I like I'm not disagreeing with it, but I'm saying that's way too much. Mine is upheaval, but it's a minimal level of upheaval to where you can see it actually happen, where it's like, why why prolong the inevitable of all these meets where you have three stars at this one and two stars at that one and five stars over here? Just get them all together. Let's just do one more showcase post-Olympics, put all the money and, and prestige into it, which is what Zurich is supposed to be. But by the time we get to it, I think we've lost a lot of people along the way. And I like qualifying for it, but you see the downside of that as well, too. We got to keep moving, though, here. We got to keep going because we got other races to talk about. Men's 100. tell you, man. Your opinion. Men's 100. 100. Fred Fred Curley. Curley 994.
1: Fred Curley has officially, in my opinion, I mean, he's already been doing this, but he has now passed a consistency test, you know, where – Day in and day out, you know, when Fred Curley steps on the track against the best of the best, he's going to finish no worse than third and he's going to be able to beat the best of the best. And him beating here, Bromel, in this race, I thought just showed the consistency. You have some a bunch of 9 8 guys the Fernandan Omawara of Kenya, the mm-hmm. Akani Simbene of South Africa, Bromel, mm-hmm. Norman, for that matter. There's a bunch of people who are 9 8 guys, and he's like, I'm going to be consistent. I don't need to run nine eight, but I'm going to be better than all of you. And he runs 9.94. I think we were talking about who should be the 100-meter favorite going into next year. I think I'm now willing to say that Fred Curley is the 100-meter favorite. I think Fred Curley has a reason. You have a reason to pick Fred Curley over Coleman because Coleman's going to be rusty. You have a reason to pick Fred Curley over over Jacobs because Jacobs, you could argue, is a, a flash in the pan, hasn't showed the consistency. There's a reason you can pick him over Noah Lyles because Noah Lyles hasn't been able to show you can do it in the 100. There's a reason you can pick him over Trayvon Bromel now because he's now consistently consistently beating Trayvon Bromel ever since the US trials. All of the people who have a say to say that Bromel, Jacobs, Coleman, and Lyles, and DeGrasse, those five, I feel like you now have a legitimate argument to say, nah, Curly, nah, Curly, nah, Curly, nah, Curly. pick Curly. Um, and it wasn't like that even in June when he was mm-hmm. finishing third at the Olympic Trials. Yeah. Remember, he was third at Olympic Trials. He wasn't second or almost winning third. So the viewpoint of Fred Curly was like, yeah, he can, he can gamer, he can find a way to make it. But now it's like, no, he's just straight up. I'll pick him over Bromel. I'll pick him over Baker. I'll pick him over Coleman next year. Over Lyle. so mm-hmm. he's officially in my mind. He, I, I'm I'm now like he's not a 400 meter runner to me anymore. He need today, today he he's he's not a 400 meter runner. He needs to, I'm gonna now he's just, he's just straight up 100 meter runner and he's the best in the world and that's what I think.
0: I mean, he can be a 400 of- meter
1: runner if he if he tries doing it, but. Uh, maybe he'll surprise us and it'll be a shock again, but right now he's just the best hundred meter runner in the world.
0: Yeah. First man to ever have the diamond league wins in the one, two, and the four. The part that impressed me was just, he came in as the favorite and was still able to, to prevail. It was one thing to do it under the radar, but having a little bit of expectations and weight on your shoulder and going in and still being able to get a good race out of it was, was mighty impressive. And I think everybody's now taking note if they haven't already at just the versatility and what he decides to do next year is going to be really fun, fun to watch. What did you think of second and third place in that race, Bromel and Norman?
1: You know, I'm sure the Norman, you could kind of be like, all right, because Norman hasn't really trained for the hundred the way Curly has. So every time Norman just runs decent, in the hundred, it's kind of more just like an icing on his resume because he's not trying to be, be the fastest hundred meter runner in the world. He's trying to get back to being one of the best 400 meter runners in the world that he's not there yet anymore. Uh, so Norman, I give him an A for his performance for Bromel. I'd probably give a B minus. Cause you know, Bromel, we just think about the Bromel we saw in, in, in April and in May and in June, mm-hmm. you could not imagine this scenario. And that's what makes Fred Curley's win so much more impressive. It's because he's taken over a mantle that you thought just Bromel had on lock. Because Bromel mm-hmm. had the experience. He was running consistently. He had never lost a race in like 10 straight races. Like, look at that. If you look at this graphic of Bromel, look at all the ones. First, 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 first. And then all of a sudden, after the Olympic trials, mm-hmm. You know, he gets fifth at Monaco. You're like, ooh, that's weird. And then ever since then, <clears throat> fifth, you got that first randomly, but fifth, fourth, third, fourth, second. So that consistency kind of just went out the door. And I'm sure if you look at Fred Curley, it's gone to – yeah, he was in going that the other direction. covering yeah. – yeah. it was going the other direction of third, third, second, third, to now first, 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 first. Yeah.
0: So I think there's positives for both of them because – Rommel looked better today than he did in Tokyo. I think that's definitely true. And then when you look at Curly from the perspective of this is the Olympic silver medalist and orient it around that instead of this is a guy who's dropping down from the 400 and I'm a hundred meter specialist. I should beat this guy. You can kind of downplay your, your effort, but Rommel the start looked better. That back half doesn't look like it did early in the season. I don't, I don't know. If that's going to change or if that can change but i think he looked a lot better than he did in 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 tokyo and then for norman again so i'm looking at norman like a 400-meter runner and a 400-meter runner just finished four 100s behind the olympic 100-meter silver medalist again take the names out of it that's a pretty impressive feat isn't it if if you if you told him that sure. going in hey hey postseason you're going to run within a lean of the person who wins silver in, in the Olympics. Like, imagine if that was Lyles, right, or a Coleman, yeah, or a DeGrasse. Like, wipe out the last couple months from our memory because I think it skews it. But Fred Curley is obviously proven at this point. And Norman, sub-10, that close to Curley, that close to, to Bromel, right in there, as you mentioned, beating a lot of sub-10 guys. I think that's a good result for him. I hate to give everybody A's, but I, I thought everybody got something out of this race. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll give A-plus to Curly, B-minus to Bromel, and an
0: A for Norman. That would be my I, th- I, th- I would really love to see, and we're not going to get it because he didn't run any this year, but I would love to see Norman in a 200 right now. That, that would be fascinating to me. Michael Norman yeah. in a 200. As it stands right now, I think he's the first man out in the quarter. But he's in in the hundred for the Diamond League final. Who, Norman? Michael Norman. Yeah, I think he's he's in in the hundred and he's last man out in the or first man out, excuse me, in the in the quarter.
1: Well, so, if Jacobs doesn't run, that means well he's the
0: second to last. He, he he's in in the hundred. So, okay, basically what I'm he's, in 100. Yeah, he's in in the hundred. Yeah. It's the quarter. Well, we can talk about the quarter now because Michael Cherry almost made me look like a genius by breaking. 44 seconds. I said his 44 second streak would get snapped and said it got extended, but he got a PB 44. 03. His last hundred was something to behold. He was just waiting and waiting and then slammed on the gas in the last hundred. He just keeps improving, keeps improving. So I'm going to double down. I'm going to say he does lose his sub 44 streak at the next meet diamond league final. That's where we're going to see Michael Cherry sub 44 43 is coming.
1: Yep. Tweeted out sooner than later. Uh, I agree with you. I'm gonna. I'll ride you to with this. He's definitely gonna run 43 seconds in that Diamond League final, and with no Stephen Gardner, you got to think that he can win. Mm-hmm. And if he wins, yeah. you know all the 400 meter runners in the U.S. celebrate because he gets taken off of the list of people you have to beat at the U.S. Championships in 2022. Mm-hmm. Because if you were to win a Diamond League, he gets a buy. and if you're running forty four oh three, you know he's fit. He's he looks like he's just warm like he's getting ready for one last big punch in that diamond league final. So I think he's gonna run like forty-three seven, I bet. Forty three-seven, forty-three eight
0: in that diamond league final, I bet. Okay. Yeah. Well, I talked about how he looked like he was moving through the the rounds with these different meets, and this was the this was the final. And the last one was the mm-hmm. The semi, so I hope for his sake, he's got one more one more card left to play. Maybe the conditions will be a little bit better in Zurich, and he can do it, but as it stands, he runs his forty four second streak to 12, 12 races in, 12 a in a row where where he's run between forty four forty four oh three and obviously sub uh sub forty five on the end, yeah, he had one forty five a- high up there in at the USATF Grand Prix in Eugene at the end of April. And then now he's run off 12 in a row. And actually, no, wait, what I said was, yeah. So Roveredo was the first round. I guess this Brussels was the semi. So then Zurich's going to be the final. Although he looked like he's putting everything in there with that last hundred. It was, uh, it, it was a really, really good last um, last push there. So that, that 400 meter, if we could pull up the 400 meter, Diamond League standings. I know we're going to dive into this more. Um, oh, wait, hold on. Before we do that, you can go back, Travis. Sorry, my fault. I want to look at that all-time list. So forty four oh three. he sits 13th now on on the all-time list. And if he wants to move up, got to get into that, those 43-9s. 40, and maybe he can do it in this Zurich final. So we have the people, the folks that are qualified, Karani, James, Zimbrano, Lendor, Bonavassia, McCwalla, Norwood, and Cherry. Remember, they only put seven in this because they don't want to give someone a bad lane. So they just, so I don't know if Norman wants to run it. I'm assuming he doesn't. Otherwise, he would have run it today. But you're right. There's a lot at stake in this Diamond League final if you're an American athlete.
1: And I guess Zambrano is the, Zambrano, James, and Cherry, I would argue are like the top three. I don't see Lindor. Or Bonavista or McWalla winning this race, Norwood even for that matter. So it's gonna be like a three man race, and this is Cherry's basically. This is his U.S. trials. Win this race, and you're going to Worlds, and then he can kind of
0: rest on his loyals
1: laurels uh, throughout all of the spring of 2022.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that's that's a big thing to note when we move into these Diamond League finals. Is yeah, this is your trials. You bet. You basically if you got a spot. On that track in Zurich, you got a lane, you, you have two chances to make the, the US team. One happens to be in September of 2021, and the other <laughs> one happens to be in the summer of 2022. But you, you, you just did the math, right? I mean, yeah, he's got to win and not get third. But if you're looking at the people who could beat him, I mean, he looked good against Karani today. I'm never going to count out Karani. He's had a phenomenal career, continues to run really well. And Zambrano's solid, but Cherry's in the mix. Cherry's in the mix. So that making that team, and all the bonuses that come with it and all the advantages of being able to plan your season accordingly are are going to be on the line there. I would be interested if Norman did squeak in, if he would try to do it for that exact reason because he can't – the 100-meter Diamond League champion isn't going to get anything, really. I mean, they'll get money yeah. and fist pounds. But they don't high get – But a high five. Yeah, exactly. But they're not going to get anything because Coleman already has that buy. four hundred? It, it's a complete it's a complete game changer but I, since he hasn't been running it and he's gonna have to wait for a scratch he'll probably get a bad lane maybe he just sticks with the 100 and says listen i gotta be able to get top three next year in the trials
1: all i know is that i mean this is not happening but imagine if like oh. norman wins the 100 or something like that then we're like nothing makes sense anymore because now yeah. we're all in on yeah.
0: currently uh, yeah i I, I was need kind some, of thinking it like, was going to happen like midway through that race because Bromel and Norman both got off to really good races. And I was thinking, well, this is going to be what if this result is just maximum confusion here? Yeah. So
1: I like it when what we think is going to happen happens because then it's okay, like, hey, things are making sense. Yeah. So <laughs> nothing's making we'll sense. We'll
0: see. Uh, okay. There's two more races I want to talk about here. Uh, Safan Hassan came up short in her bid to break her own world record in the miles. She ran 414. One by uh, six seconds. It was just a time trial, her versus the clock. Rabbits did a little bit of work, but it was all on Hassan's shoulder. It was just her and the pace lights out there. And just as was the case in the the 5K record attempt, looked just like she ran out of gas, Gordon, because there's no doubt that she can run that quickly based on how fast she's run this year. But these time trials on top of the workload that she had in Tokyo just have to be taking a toll on her.
1: Yeah. Take a break, safana Please just go home, get a nice book, lay down, watch some Netflix. I don't know. No, she has like... to run the
0: Diamond League final. Otherwise, you're going to criticize her. If she doesn't run the Diamond League final, you pressure I will. her.
1: No, no. She's the one person who's like, she's, all right, you can take a break. She's exempt. There are people who 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 take a major off here or there that's happening here at the US Open. She could be that type of person, but everyone else mm-hmm. needs to go all in on these. Diamond League finals. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about Stefan San. The idea that, hey, you need a PB now. After doing your triple, you need a PB. She owns mm-hmm. three of the top five marks all time in the mile. It's insane. It's just wild.
0: Yeah. So Mbai was second, 421. Lyndon Hall third. Uh, Elise Cranny and Josette Norris were fifth and sixth ahead of Spain's Esther Guerrero, who, if people listen to the preview podcast, came in with a PB of 528. Happy to report, <laughs> Gordon, that Esther Guerrero took 66 seconds off of the world's most misleading personal best to lower it down there to, to 422. So, again, Hassan will get the headlines, but Esther Guerrero, solid work getting that PB. Keep it moving here. Yeah. Maybe, maybe least- drop another – another chunk of time next time. Good strategy.
1: And she's on pace to be running like three minutes in a year <laughs> or two. You yeah, know, it's gonna be wild. Um, yeah, and then on the women's 5K side, Nian Samba continues to uh, dominate. And mm-hmm. she's, she's winning tactical races. She's winning hard effort races. And she's beating the best of the best. The only one out there right now in the world that can beat her. And I believe in the 3K and up 3K to 5K, excuse me, is Safana son. So if the only person in the world who can beat you is an all time generational talent, you're doing something right. And I'm excited. I, I predicted that she will win at least one global medal in the next three years. I think she's going to be due. And it's also a great story in my mind, because again, World athletics try to kick her out of the sport and she says, "Oh no, I'll just add a few more miles to my training and get really good at the 5K." And uh it's paying dividends.
0: I thought she was out of this one. I thought they had broken away. She was at the back of that group of four or five, but she just latched on and then my brain immediately switches to, "Okay, she's a 155 800-meter runner. If she can smell it with 100 to go, she's going to do it." And then O'Biri faded back. O'Biri needed to be prime-ish O'Biri here to win that, right? She needed a 14 20 low or a 14 19 something like that. She she didn't have that last little push to to really break away from the Insaba. And that's, so that's all the needed, was just to stay close until that last 100 and then she could she could take off. And Tay was right with her in that last race that that last Diamond League 3k that she she won. I thought as the distance got longer, it would play against Nian Saba, but this was another solid solid run. I mean, you look at that mark all-time. I looked it up, Gordon. The 1425 is number 16 all-time, which is exactly where she is in the 800. So if we're doing historical comps there, Nian Saba is an 800-meter runner. The exact same amount of people have run faster than her as in the 5K. 3K, she's she's even better. But, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch when her and Hassan, her and Hassan eventually tangle in a – in a 5K, 3K, really any any distance that she's eligible to compete in. Farther down on the list, though, Gordon, Alicia Monson. Alicia Monson? Yeah. Alicia Monson. Alicia Monson runs 14.42. She got ninth in this race. I mean, this is a fast race. 14.42 only gets you ninth, which is number four all time. She sneaks in just ahead of uh, Molly Huddle. Molly Huddle.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I think it just shows how times have changed. That you know, if this was five years ago, you know, fourteen forty-two, it is just rocking mm-hmm. the U.S. distance world. But with what yeah. Shelby did and what Carissa's currently doing, and Shannon Roberry at the end of her her prime, like we're kind of recapping and seeing what the, what's happening on the world stage with with basically the best women in the world are all running fourteen twenties or faster. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of you forget how quick 1442 really is because all the other women are running so much faster. But yeah. 1442, yeah, yeah. she's young. She's born in 1998. What, mm-hmm. I can't do the quick math. What, 24, 23? I don't know how old she is. 23. Quick math. 23. Um, it's impressive. And you have to assume that she's only going to get better. 1442 now, maybe by, you know the 2023 world championship. She's a a sub 1430 or maybe, you know, type runner.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. And on running there with uh, Ritz's group, they had another good performance in the men's, in the men's 15 as well too, where she went, uh, where they had all all over get second, but yeah, her progression has been incredible. 2020, the canceled year would have been her senior year. So yeah, I think she's one year. One year out of college, Alicia Monson is. And she was always a really strong closer, remember? That was her, yeah. her bread and butter. And now switching to this time trial. These time trial type races, she's taken to it really well. She's had a, a couple really fast performances. And she's, you know, I have already made a team. So things are going about as about as good as you could hope for, for, for someone who's a new pro. Uh jumping over that men's 15, as I mentioned, Oliver Hoare runner-up to countryman Stuart McSwain. McSwain got a win. Gordon. Yes. McSwain. McSwain I think it was the, a win. After all the pull up, can we pull up McSwain's season here and just get get a look at it? Because he's in every race. He's entered <laughs> in, in basically every single Men's fifteen hundred, men's three thousand, and he he makes noise when he's there. He's not just chilling in the back of the pack. The announcer says his name. So I, I just wanted to see his his um his season, just how frequently he runs, because it sure feels like he's just there constantly, but also always being, it seems like bested. So he got a win early on in in Australia. And then if you look at his major competitions, third in Gateshead, second in Doha, fourth in Monaco. Seventh the Olympics and then the win here. Uh, he got well, he won the Bislett Games. Should have mentioned that. But he got second in pre and then you go in the three Ks. He was second in uh, Gateshead, the other Gateshead, and then he was third in Lausanne. So got that got that win in Oslo. But this was the this was the the, the cherry on the top of the season we could say for for Stuart McSwain after many many hard races.
1: Yeah, and a lot of his second and third place finishes are like 7.28, 3K for second. You know, 3.29, 1,500 for like... Yeah, yeah. Third. A 3.40, he got second in the mile running 3.48. It's like... So many moral victories. <laughs> incredible times, but not never getting the victory. If we're gonna get a victory here. Pretty cool for him. Um, yeah, he's going to be... He's going to keep races honest that we're going to have in his 1,500. We talk about... The central era when he won his 2016 title, winning it in 350. That is never going to happen again. Obviously with the the emergence of Britson and Cherry, but also having these other guys out there who are going to keep paces honest and make sure no matter what we are running sub 350 mile pace or sub 332 1500 meter pace.
0: Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's wrap it up here. Any other, Races that stood out to you. We had Natoya Gould win the 800, Dos Santos win the four-year hurdles, Mondo obviously won the pole vault, Visser in the high hurdles. No, getting ready.
1: Cross-country season started. I'm excited about that. All right,
0: we'll leave it there. That's it. No.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about that next
0: week. No, see. we're going to do full Zurich Diamond League. We're going to break down all the fields. You're going to yell at whichever ones aren't legit enough, like which yes. ones passed. The Gordon test. That's Ooh, what we'll figure out. Shoot.
1: You want to do a, We'll do a little friendly wager and we see if we can, who can predict the most winners?
0: Sure. That sounds good. That's what we'll do. I'll do that. I don't know how Get I'm going to beat you because you came up with the most impossible prediction of all time, picking Richardson <laughs> for third. They're still talking about it in Vegas. It's amazing. Thank know, you to Travis. Crazy. Thank you to Colt. Thanks to my co host Gordon. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in live. You can find the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to audio podcasts. We'll be back on Monday morning. Have a good weekend, everyone.